Death Wish by Kay Webster All I wanted is for my little sister Della to be safe and happy. And maybe, in brief stolen moments, I dreamed of a happy ending for myself with a brown-eyed man. That hope has turned into sharp, bright fear. There's only survival now. I'm the daughter of a controlling and cruel billionaire, so I understand about power. But I find myself fighting anyway. I find myself testing them. I have claws and I bite. I'm not going down without a fight. It's like I have a death wish. That's Death Wish by Kay Webster. Live now. Go grab it, lady listeners. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. Welcome to another week at Read Me Romance. We have got Georgia Kaufman with Stuck with a date. I had it written as struck on here and I was like, that's not it. Um, stuck with a date. We've got the second installment we're going to play in just a little bit. But before then, we're going to catch up and we're actually, you're catching us mid-conversation because we were talking about this between episodes before we started recording, but we're talking about vibrators. So go. Because we might be working on a project for you guys. Yes. There, so. there might be a way to get one from us. So we were talking <laughs> about one and trying them out and I'd actually said, you know, I haven't used one in a while because a while back we did, we made a joke about doing No Vibe November or something. No Vibe July. No yes. Vibe July. Uh-huh. Yep. And <laughs> I nobody agreed it. to. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of did it, kind of did it, but in the process of it, I realized that a vibrator really ruined me. Like before does, when I was using yeah. a vibrator all the time, like I couldn't get off with my fingers. If I tried, like, I, I don't think I could now. No, no. like when I was in the process of using a vibrator all the time, I couldn't. Yeah. But now I could. What, what's the difference though? I feel like this is not, this is like not using a microwave to heat something up. Why wouldn't you use it? It's quicker and it's more convenient. I just felt like I was doing it all the time. And now that I mm-hmm. do it less, when I do it, it feels more intense. Yeah, and I, I realize, can see that. And when I do it, I want another one. So I want to, like, keep going. See, that, that would be my problem, though, is there's no way I could get two without a vibrator. There's no way. No, and we can. Like, now, when my husband goes down on me, he goes down on me always for two orgasms before we have sex. Wow. What's and I like? don't, I couldn't do that before. <laughs> like, I couldn't get there multiple times like that. Yeah, yeah. But without a vibrator, with taking a vibrator out, I feel like I can do more sexually. Does that make sense? No, it does. I wonder, is it as intense? Like, I feel like it's more intense. Like, I'm able to Mm -hmm. get there faster and I want more. It makes me more hungry for an orgasm. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm curious. Like, I think that's. I don't know. Not that I, I, I think there's anything wrong with using one. Use of course, away. Of course. And if I wanted to start using again, I mm-hmm. would. It's not that big of a deal. It's in my yeah. door. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just different. I'm sure everybody goes through different, and I'll probably jump back on it one day. Because I used to do it. <laughs> well, like, after this vibrator I sent you. <laughs> yeah, well, see, I've never, that's what I was saying, because I'd never tried this type. And this mm-hmm. is kind of a Newark thing that's been going around. Yeah. But it does the suction. It does, like, but clitoral before suction. before that, I was using, like, Every night, like to go to sleep, I always mm-hmm. use a vibrator. Like, so I used it at least once a day. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. And it just felt like I was getting burnt out on it. I can see that, though, because sometimes, like, with using it, like, yeah, I think it's more of, like, a habit than anything when I do it. But I can see how it would get to be, like repetitive and maybe not as exciting or not as I don't know like the release wouldn't feel as satisfying yeah I think that I could see that happening yeah for sure so I think there's something to be said though because I've done it without one and it does feel great like it feels amazing but I don't know that I'm always in the right headspace for that like sex with me is like I really have to be in the right headspace to enjoy it that way, like without anything else. And I remember and, though, one day I could I had a headache or something. I was trying to get to sleep, so I was like, I'm gonna masturbate. Mm-hmm. I want it to be easy. I don't feel yeah. like. So I charged it, and when I got it out, I came in like two seconds. I was like, well, that was kind of anticlimactic. Literally, yeah, yeah. It was over <laughs> so quickly. Yeah. yeah, it was like mm-hmm. just too fast, too intense. And I was like, oh mm-hmm. shit. Okay, no, that's. Uh. <laughs> Like, I was like, okay, now I, I can understand. Like, I was just used to always going on the highest vibration speed. Yes. And I was like, now so, I understand yeah. why maybe some people use those lower low <laughs> Does anybody use the low setting? That's a curious question. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I think that's what it's for. If you've got on a dry spell and you go back to your vibration, start on the start low, low Don't think okay. that you can handle what you could before. <laughs> Listen, I'm actually afraid of you using this vibrator that I sent you that, that we're testing out. <laughs> now because like i'm afraid make sure your husband's home and nearby just in case like you black out or something maybe i'll do it with him when it comes. oh that's a good idea i'll just, just have him you'll probably me. be like no 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 stop <laughs> oh my god okay, i just thought well, I yeah i just thought i got more into sex when i was not using mm-hmm. the vibrator no i could definitely see that because i think i would need some help on that i'd be like yo Listen, <laughs> it's Tom. Because <laughs> <laughs> my husband's a little, he's like, his kink is oral. Mm-hmm. And he would always want to, like, go down and go down forever. And that sounds wonderful. But back when I was vibrating, it could take me a little longer to get there. I couldn't do multiple ones. I'd be like, there's no way. We're going to be here for hours. Yeah, yeah. But when I stopped doing that, then it was fine. I was giving myself anxiety. As yeah. As that sounds. I can, no, I totally, Yeah. I think sex starts in your head first anyway. It does. Yeah. It does. Okay. So, with all that uh, with all that said, be on the lookout. Um we'll tell you some more stuff later that's coming that literally. Oh, shit. I know. I was like, oh, I see what you're doing there. Uh, okay. Well, I've got some lady listener emails to read. This one's entitled Roommate Story. Hi, all. I'm so glad I finally can email you with a relatable story. Around the time I met my husband, almost 16 years ago, he was in the process of trying to find a roommate to share his two-bedroom apartment with. At the same time, my best friend met her boyfriend, and he was looking for an apartment and a roommate. Perfect. They could move in together, and us girls can come over anytime we want and hang out together. Fast forward a year later, and things are working out great. The boys quickly became good friends and the apartment became the central party location for us and all of our friends. One weekend, my boyfriend was out of town visiting his aunt but came home earlier than expected. While he was in his room, he could hear what was obvious loud sex and dirty sex talk coming from the other bedroom. He called me laughing and said, wow, our friends are dirty freaks. Before I could ask him what he meant, oh God, I know this is going. I heard the loud, unmistakable voice of my friend's boyfriend yelling, 
fuck yes, baby, rod that cock over the phone. He was so loud, I could hear him from the other side of the wall and through the phone. This would have been funny if it wasn't for the fact that his (gasps) girlfriend was with me at that moment and not with his lying, cheating ass. I knew it. I fucking knew it. We quickly ran over there and caught him before he had a chance of denying anything. I wish I could say that confrontation was romantic. No, it was a romance novel heroic epic, but it was mostly a lot of yelling and crying. Since they had just renewed their 12-month lease, the next year was awkward as fuck. (laughs) Every time I went over and he was there, every time I went over, he was there. He did try to win her back, but she is not a fool and wanted nothing to do with him after that night. Side note story, Hubby and I were recently at an event when Hubby turns to me and points at a balding man with a beer belly and says, look, that man just looks like Tony, but 20 years older. Turns out it was him. All of us are in our mid-30s now, but he looks like he's in his 50s. I'm happy to report that my friend is now married to an amazing man and has a beautiful baby. Thank you all for doing what you do. Your podcast makes me laugh so hard, especially the time they tried to pronounce the movie title. I don't know you too much to be in. But I don't know. I don't remember that. <laughs> but I had no idea what movie she was referring to. When it finally dawned on me that she laughed so hard and water came out of my nose. I don't even know. I don't remember that. Trying to pronounce a movie title that was French. I don't remember. Love you all. And I'm not going to say your name just in case. <laughs> she doesn't want that red. God, all right. Could you imagine one? hearing no. your boyfriend box somebody else? And that's how you but Oh, my God. So that's when we burn the house down. <laughs> can you imagine no. no i can't imagine no Mm-mm. i think we talked about this before i think i'm the, i'm the woman that like turns around and walks out like if i walked yeah. in and you were bumping somebody else i'm just mm-hmm. the one that turns around and walks out i saw this thing one time where this girl said she had gone over to her boyfriend's house and she had brought breakfast and when she walked in she heard the sex in the other room and she said she sat the food on the counter and then she left and she said, I went to the parking lot. I blocked his phone number. Yes. I blocked his best friend's phone number. She's like, I blocked all of his friend's phone numbers. And I text my family and all my friends one text message. And it said he was cheating on me. I caught him. I don't want any drama. I don't want anything to do with him. Nobody talked to him. And that was it. And she left and she said she went home and she packed up her stuff and then she went and stayed at a hotel for like a couple of days. And she said it just so happened that I was about to move because she had gotten like a job transfer or something. But she said, I cut all ties in that moment. She said, I cut every connection I had to him. It's the healthiest thing to do. Yeah. And she said, she said it was so great because she was like, I was able to do that, to cut every, sever all ties with him and not ever have to speak to him again. And she said, and he tried to get to me through my family and everybody else, like, give me another chance, blah, blah. And she was like, no, I was done. He made his choice. That was, that was the outcome. And I was just like, damn, like, that was some shit, you know? I can't imagine. I just, yeah, I don't know why. It's just, or I do know why. I, the bottom line is cheating. It's the break of loyalty. Yeah. If you, yeah. if I can tell you that if you do this, it's going to devastate me. Even if it's something as simple as, I'm telling you, if you eat this Snickers bar I've laid here on the table, it will destroy me. And you eat that fucking Snickers bar. That just goes to show you that you're willing to destroy me mm-hmm. for your own pleasures and why. You know, it's one of those things, though, that like, I, saying it that in that instance, 
Yes, it's awful. And I don't know that I could get over it. But the way I love my husband. I know. I don't know if there's anything I couldn't forgive him. You know, like, I mean, if he was in love with someone else, obviously, that's that's a different situation. That's not just like an indiscretion. That's not like... That's not like you when I get drunk and sex with somebody. I don't think you know? I could see myself with any like I depend on my husband so much, probably in ways that are not healthy. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, like I hate how much I would forgive him of anything. I, I hate just, that vulnerability because I've even talked to him about this. I said, you know, I think that I will have a moment where I will come around. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, okay, maybe I said, don't let me do it. I think that I would ruin mm-hmm. us. I said, yeah, in the end, yeah. I think that I'll ruin us. Mm-hmm. I said, I think I'll torture you and it'll torture me. Mm-hmm. And if you loved me and you realized what yourself, you did was a mistake, you should really let us let me go. So we both can go on and try to do something healthy. So I think I, yeah. it'll slowly destroy me inside because I'll make things. That, why could it have been my fault? This mm-hmm. where you do that shit where you shouldn't do, but I probably do it. I would torture us and it would just be best to not drag this out yeah and i think that's a that's all that is valid like because i'm sure i would feel the same way but i also understand that it's not just your husband put his dick in someone else that's not it's a more nuanced conversation you know like there's more to like like, the infidelity there's more to it than that there's a lot of layers the break of trust i'm like oh yeah But again, it's like, I don't think that that's a deal breaker for everyone. Mm -mm. You know, like there are some people who are able to work past it and still have healthy relationships. I'm incredibly impressed Mm -hmm. with people. In fact, I have a friend who they were together forever. She ends up cheating on him. They were together since like we were kids younger. She cheats on him because he wasn't around. I mean, to a degree, I kind of understood how she was. She cheated or whatever. They got back together. They went to counseling. And that, I truly believe that affair saved their relationship. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. When I see them and because I was really good friends with her at the time. We're still friends. But Mm -hmm. when I would see what was happening through the relationship, like I thought they shouldn't get married. Because she hadn't oh, wow. cheated then. But I was like, I was like, this they aren't connecting. They're not going out mm-hmm. together. They're not, you know. Yeah. I don't see how it's going to work. But once she had that affair, it was like they came to the counseling. It was like, okay, we're both really fucking up here. Are we yeah, going to fix yeah. this? Do we want to really do mm-hmm. this? And once they did that and they fixed it, they've been the best they'd ever been after that. Yeah. It's I don't crazy. think it's something you can't get past for some people, you know, but for others, like you're saying, like, it's a deal breaker for you. So I get it. I mean, I, I can't imagine being in a situation where, like, your boyfriend lived with, you know, your best friend's boyfriend or whatever. Like, that would just be awful. But I just, I would love to be the bitch that put the breakfast down and walked out, but I wouldn't. I'd kick in the fucking door, set the bed on fire, set beat his ass. Yep, I mean, you know, that's I just, just how know, I roll. I have a feeling I would be, I think we've joked about it before, that I would be like, you'd be like, we'd be like, where do you want to go to dinner? And he's like, I want Applebee's. And I'm like, I want IHOP. And he's like, well, I want Applebee's. And I'm like, well, you fucked that one bitch, so we're going to IHOP. <laughs> yep. Yep. We're eating where I want to go every time now. Every time. And I feel like I'd do that to you every time. Mm-hmm. Yep, you would for the rest of rest of your lives. <laughs> 
All right. This one's entitled Summer Party Story. And I love these. If you have a summer party story, please send them in. When you were talking about playing Bloody Mary at a sleepover, the same thing happened to me. I was in elementary school and all of the girls hustled into the bathroom and shut off the lights and started chanting Bloody Mary. I instantly burst into tears and begged to leave the bathroom. I was so distraught that I remember sitting with the old, with her older sister in her room until I calmed down. I haven't done it since, since, and I'm 23. On another note, my mom did the same thing in elementary school with a friend, and they were both completely creeped out by it. Then a couple of weeks later, her friend actually ended up passing away from getting hit by a car when she was going to get a ball out on the street. Oh, my God. That? that story gives me chills to this day. The name Bloody Mary is basically banned in our household. Love, Emily. Jesus, Emily, that was dark. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but anyway, slumber party stories. <laughs> Okay, let's go to a different one. Hold on. I actually got one today that I wanted to read because I know this one. <clears throat> Hello, lady DJs and lady listeners. And yes, it's okay to use my name. I'm a huge fan and have been a loyal lady listener since day one when all you guys wanted to be like my favorite murder. Let's just say they've got nothing on you. Oh, sweet. Okay, here's my story. Back in November of 2021, I was lucky enough to meet Leah at a book signing in North Carolina. I saw that line and I was like, we're going to read this one. I was fangirling so hard that I left with my signed books and barely remember a thing about what was said or what we talked about. All I knew was that I had met one of two, one of the two people who gave me the courage by way of their podcast to finally write a romance book, which I am so excited to be publishing later this year. Oh. I also got a great picture of Leah and me, so I know meeting really, so I know the meeting really did happen. Mel was definitely missed. Fast forward a handful of months, I'd gotten behind on the podcast, holiday life, you know how it goes. So imagine my surprise the other day when I was listening to podcast number 150 and I heard Leah say, and I met this really sweet woman at the book signing. I'm going to do my voice. I met this really sweet woman at the book signing. <laughs> she brought me wedding cake. <laughs> I immediately paused the podcast and ran out to the office and yelled to my husband, Rainy Romance is talking about me. Come in here and listen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> My husband sat down with me while I giggled like a schoolgirl. Remember, I was fangirling hard. So, I, so I'm listening to how I brought Leah wedding cake and how the wedding cake crashers is one of my favorite books of yours. And then the story takes a turn. The next thing I know, Leah's talking about how I said to her, I'm going to have my husband take our picture. You're really going to like him. He's a lot older than me. I was so surprised to hear this. I didn't even have time to pause the podcast. And with my husband sitting right next to me, I listened as I basically pimped out my husband's Leah over a worldwide broadcast. <laughs> this is incredible. It's amazing. I was, I was laughing so hard by the time Leah was done talking. I was crying. Hearing her talk about my husband could only be taught by watching my husband's face as she did it. It was glorious. So I wanted to thank you, Leah, because my husband really is the hottest. And now everyone knows it. Even did though he blush? I have. I wonder if he blushed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was really sweet, too. He was like, No, I mean, so I wonder if he blushed when she was, he was having to listen to this. Oh, uh, when he was having to listen back. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I wanted to thank you, Lee, because my husband really is the hottest, and now everyone knows it, even though I have no memory of talking about him to you. <laughs> and you don't have to read this next part. I'm going to read it. Fuck it. Um, 
I hope that next year I'll be far enough along with my writing that I can have one of your books on your show, but only if you think the lady listeners can handle listening to, wait for it, sweet romantic comedy with just a kiss romance. What? No, we need dirty sex. What are you doing? I know, I know. I read and listen to it all from A to triple X, but I write slow burn, sweet and funny. Think of Mariana Zapata, but it ends with a kiss. I can hear the screaming from here. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. You're going to need to do Hey, if it's like podcast size, I'll read it. If it's only 10,000 words, I'll give it yeah, a go. If it's short, yeah. Um, if you want to check out the books, I've got the first two chapters up on my website just for Read Me Romance. It's at marycarsonbooks.com slash readmeromance. And you just enter your email and then you get the chapters. And of course, I know how busy you guys are, so I'll understand if you don't. That's not a very long story. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank, sorry. Thank you for all that you guys do and for giving me such a great laugh. My husband's face is still red. <laughs> uh, so that answers my question. Yeah, you're the best. Till we meet again, Mary Carson. I love that. Oh, we'll put Mary. that link in the show notes. She even put a picture of, like, I don't know if you can see it, me and her in it. Look how cute. You should send me that, and then I'll put that in the Baby Romance group, too, and I'll post it if anybody wants to check out the chapter. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay, yeah, I'll forward you the email. So we'll post that. You know what I I was going to say? It reminded me of, I once heard some really great advice. We might have said it on the podcast already. When she said, she was like, everybody got to hear how hot my husband is. Uh Uh-huh. I remember I was watching The Housewives or whatever, and what the girls mm-hmm. were talking about their husbands, and she was like, my husband's the sexiest on the show, because there was a voting poll or whatever. And one of the other ladies, Lisa Vanderpump, you might have heard of her, but she was like, oh no, my husband is terrible in bed. Like, she starts going on. Oh, she's like, you think I'm going to come out here and be like, my husband's a great lady, he's got the biggest dick? No, he's terrible, ladies. You don't want him, you don't want nothing to do with him. Trust me, he's annoying. <laughs> I was like, God, she's right. She's right. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. That's great advice. It is great advice. So when I'm shitting on my husband, that's that's what we're going to say. It's because he's really amazing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and send them into the second installment of Stuck With a Date by Georgia Kaufman. Before we go, before I forget. Make sure that you grab this an ebook stuck with a date. It's got um, two extra chapters and a bonus epilogue. It's 99 cents. It's in KU. So if you're loving this, go get it and read it. Um, she's also got a brand new book out called Stuck with a Movie Star. And it's just, it sounds adorable. You've got to get it. And then if you enter the giveaway, you can get a signed paperback of it. Yeah. So stuck with, but there's also like, if you, this is part of a series. So you mm-hmm. can go yes. and do the first book, which is stuck with a billionaire, which is my kind of jam. I'm sorry. You had me a billionaire. <laughs> so stuck with a billionaire is also in Kindle Unlimited. It's the first in the series, but they all can be read as standalone. Love it. Perfect. All right. So we'll see you guys on the other side. Chapter four. Micah. How did you find this place? I've never heard of it, and I've lived here all my life. Harvey slings his leather jacket off, hangs it over the back of his chair, and sits across from me. He's definitely impressed and intrigued by the spot I picked. Who wouldn't be? The vibe in here is unlike anything I've ever experienced. The pearl and floral accents perfectly complement the rose-gold overtones and the cream sconces along the walls. 
A string of lights also hangs across the top of a wooden stage in one corner, where a violinist plays a melody I wouldn't know how to describe other than lovely. I just used the word lovely. My God, who even am I? Being back with Harvey has made me mushy, but it's hard to care when he flashes his genuine grin at me. In fact, I like this side of me. Once we each order a drink, I answer his question. My roommate works here. Oh, is she here tonight? Pretending to study the menu, I say, Uh, no. And what are the hoops and swings for exactly? Just decorations? They hang from the ceiling, their ropes covered in flowers, and that part of the evening's entertainment is why I asked my roommate to get us a table here for tonight. Yes and no, I answer, purposely vague. Our server returns with my wine and his beer in a chilled glass, and as she takes our order, I try not to make eye contact to avoid ruining the surprise I have planned for Harvey. When we're alone again, he leans forward, squinting. What are you hiding? Nothing, I shrug, my eyes wide. He continues studying me obviously not buying my modest act. You're not so innocent. Duh. That's why I'm in this dress and not covered from head to toe like a nun, I tease, tucking a wavy strand of hair behind one ear as his heated gaze drops to my cleavage. Unlike last night, I'm not dressed for inside jokes. Instead, I'm wearing a red silk dress that the woman at the store called Dainty. To me, Dainty is for southern bells or fragile flowers. I'm not either, nor did I want to dress to suggest as much. Even so, I walked right up to the cashier with the dress in tow because it's also really sexy, and I knew Harvey would like it. The wide neckline scoops low and curves between the valley of my breasts, and that's where Harvey's attention stays for the last few notes from the violinist. He always liked me in red. I reminded him of Marilyn Monroe, especially with my short blonde hair and small mole above my lip, the latter of which I was always self-conscious of. I don't remember much about my mother, but her distaste for my mole is as clear as day in my mind. She'd call it a blemish, like it was a zit, and according to her, I should have gotten it removed. Then she'd go on a bender and forget the whole exchange, giving me a few days of peace from her criticism. But not Harvey. He always loved everything about me and never made me feel like I needed to hide. Once it's silent, the lights overhead dim, and spotlights beam onto the hoops and swings where aerialists and trapeze artists sit. Their sequined uniforms are extravagant and similar to the ones the dancers wore on the cruise ship. New music bursts through the speakers, and there's a collective gasp as the performers spin, swing, and contort themselves into the hoops in ways that shouldn't be physically possible. Harvey covers his mouth in awe as the aerialist closest to us hangs upside down with her legs straight up, toes pointed as rigidly as a ballerina's, and she continues her moves seemingly with ease. We smile and clap, wearing similar expressions of appreciation for their talent. 
Even though I've seen them perform a few times before already, I'm always amazed. The entertainment continues as Harvey and I get our second round of drinks. Even when there's a break in the performance, we still sit in stunned silence as we take small bites of our entrees. After a brief pause, filled only by the chatter of the surrounding tables, he looks up from his steak. How long am I going to have to wait to hear everything? I furrow my brows, focusing way too hard on the way his mouth moves while he chews. What do you mean? I ask absentmindedly, as I vividly recall what that mouth did to mine last night. What I wanted it to do to me before he stopped to be all reasonable and shit. Well, at the auction last night, you heard I've been bartending for the last few years. My favorite movie is Ted, and I don't care for pineapple on pizza. His eyes roam over my face, not attempting to be subtle at all. I inhale a shaky breath. Now, I want to know about you. He sets his fork down with a clink and rests his elbows on the table on either side of his plate. Damn, he never stops eating for anything, so I spare no details of my last few years. I worked as a host at an upscale restaurant in Manhattan for a couple years, then took a job as a waitress on a cruise ship for the last four. The training was excruciatingly extensive, but once I got on board, it was really exciting. Tell me more, he whispers, and although it's a statement, it comes out as more of a plea. I set my fork down, too, and continue. The crew members were usually a riot, especially after hours, when we would occupy the crew-only bar with discounted drinks, and most of them spared no expense when it came to the alcohol, since it wasn't like we were spending it on anything else. I take a sip of wine to wet my dry throat as I get lost in my own memories. We spent so much time together, though, so you can imagine the drama. It was like a fucking soap opera with them fighting over who's sleeping with and cheating on whom. Who stole my roommate Aletha's apples? She hoarded and cherished them like bags of money. And, okay, those weren't exactly the exciting parts I was referring to. I giggle, and the sound mixes with Harvey's low chuckle. What were the exciting parts? And please don't tell me you were the one who stole Aletha's apples like you did Bud's sacred Twinkies. My earlier giggle transforms into a full laugh. You did, didn't you? Only one, I snort, out of breath. He shakes his head. Next, you'll tell me you further tortured the poor woman with your other signature pranks. I hold my hands up. I didn't, I swear. Just the one apple, one time. And that was only because I'd lost track of time, was almost late starting my shift, and had forgotten to eat. Why were you late? It might have been an odd question coming from anyone else, but from Harvey, it's not. I was a lot of things back when he knew me, but I was never late to anything. I might have skipped a few things altogether, but if I did show up, I always did so early. As I stare back at him, my stomach does flips at the realization that no matter how many years have passed, he still knows me. He gets me. I swallow a generous sip of wine and lick my lips. As I mentioned, the crew spent way too much time together, and every so often, 
I'd take my breaks on the top couple of decks with the passengers because I needed fresh faces. And I usually saved my shenanigans for them. Oh, this I need to hear. I sometimes pretended I was from London and talked in a British accent. I tapped my chin, thinking back. It feels like it was so long ago. Oh, one time I convinced a couple from Texas that I was a knitting magician. Harvey sputters into his glass of beer, almost spilling a few drops onto his black shirt. What does that even mean? I told them I knitted illusions into scarves and blankets, and when they asked me for details, I held my forehead and pretended to get visions from the beyond, scared them right off. I shrug, my cheeks sore from smiling so hard the last couple of hours with this incredible guy. This incredibly sexy guy. One I ran away from. Before the reminder can take hold and ruin our dinner, our server returns to check on us. Once we reassure her that everything is perfect, she says, I forgot to ask earlier, but is this your first time visiting us? I point to Harvey. It's his first time, yes? Her face lights up. Well, we have to properly welcome you then. Harvey's wide and questioning eyes shoot straight to mine, but I just shrug and play along. Follow me right this way so we can get you strapped in. The server waves for him to stand, but Harvey doesn't move. I'm sorry? Strapped into what? He asks, his voice several octaves higher than I've ever heard it. She points to the hoop. We give all our new visitors the ultimate experience and let you take our hoops for a test ride. Don't worry, though, because you're in excellent hands she says, as an aerialist appears next to our table, a wide grin on her face. He shakes his head like they asked him to get up on stage to karaoke. He hates karaoke. Come on, the three of us cheer, clapping for him to play along. And when surrounding tables join us, I lose my shit and have to clutch my stomach from laughing too hard. Harvey's face has never been so red as he gives in and stands, his embarrassment evident in each slow movement. But before the two women can take him too far from the table, I stand and stop them. I'm... we're just... kidding, I sputter as I try to catch my breath, and the other two break character too. I point to our server and say, This is actually my roommate, Pia, and our friend, Tara. Gotcha. The girls clap Harvey on the back and Pia squeals. I was wondering how far we were going to go with this. I was kind of hoping to get him up there. Very funny, ladies. Harvey nods, his cheeks back to their normal color. You had me. You did. They each give him a hug and some of the customers who've been watching the scene clap and laugh with us like this is one big party. I can't take my eyes off Harvey as he talks with and teases my friends. I'm happy that he's re-entering my life, and I can't wait to go to the restaurant where he works and see his world, too. To get to know his friends, and to see more of who he is now. Just like he wanted to know everything about me, I want to absorb it all from him, too. We take our seats again to finish eating, and Harvey says, 
I really thought I was going to have to get up there in front of all these people who would then witness me fall and break my nose, maybe even a rib or two. Nah, those arms of yours would have held you up just fine. I wink over my glass of wine. I knew you were only back for my body, he tisks. His eyes are amused, but there's something else there, too. Something that forms a knot in my stomach. After we pay the check, Harvey and I walk hand in hand along the quiet sidewalk toward his motorcycle, the breeze sweeping under my dress and cooling my exposed ass underneath. When Harvey picked me up earlier, he thought we'd need a cab once he took in my attire. It's not exactly motorcycle riding material. But I strolled right past him, grabbed the extra helmet, and tossed my leg over the saddle, the short dress barely covering my ass. Then I smirked over my shoulder at his shell-shocked expression. He didn't even know I'm not wearing anything underneath. No, that's something I wanted to save for when he could do something about it. I squeeze his hand and lean in, ready to whisper my sexy confession in his ear when he stops and pulls away, halting on the sidewalk behind me. What is it? I ask, turning to face him. Did you forget something inside? Why did you leave? He asks. What? I blink as a chill runs through me, and it's not from the cool night. He shoves his hands through his hair, glancing around at the mostly empty sidewalk. I told myself I didn't need to know, but I do, Micah. Why did you run out on me? I take a deep breath and switch gears from the dirty direction I thought we'd be headed in by now. Instead, I contemplate an explanation he would understand. But where do I even begin? Chapter 5 Harvey She stays silent for so long that I don't think she's going to answer me. A few people pass, stopping to greet us and joking around about what just happened in the restaurant, but I barely hear them. All I can see or think about is Micah. I need her answer. Once we're alone again, she steps toward me. Harvey, you have to know how sorry I am for doing that to you. That doesn't answer my question. She stares down at her hands, then blows out a long breath. It was different for me. I was in the system for eight years longer than you, and by the time you showed up, I was already so jaded and fucked up. I literally played a game with myself to see how much trouble I could get into each day. I was young and dumb, but not in the cute and fun way teenagers on Instagram are. She lets out a laugh that's as soft as a whisper, but it quickly fades. I don't understand. I rub my chin, my heart thundering in my ears. I'm getting to it. She holds her hands up, meeting my gaze for the first time since she started explaining. You were fifteen when you lost your mom and ended up in foster care. By the time we were unleashed on the world, you couldn't wait to start a family with me. 
to have that stability you'd had with your mom just a few years before. You were foaming at the mouth for it. I gulp, retreating from her as what she's saying starts to make sense. Looking back, I connect the dots before she continues. I wasn't in that place yet. God, I was still picking fights with Bud over the TV remote and his snacks. I wasn't ready for what you were offering, even though I wanted to be. It's why I agreed to move in with you the second we were on our own. Why I looked at engagement rings and thought about what our child would look like someday. Her shoulders slump, remorse written all over her. But one night, I was staring at my reflection in the mirror and felt like such an imposter. I was lying to you and myself, and I couldn't take it anymore. All I can manage is a nod as guilt settles in the pit of my stomach like a cinder block. I've been busy blaming Micah for our breakup, and I never stopped to think that I might also be at fault. But she's right. The first thing I did when we were on our own is scrape enough money to open a savings account for our future. I wanted to start planning for the family we'd have, for the happy ending I craved since my mom passed and sent my life into chaos. I needed time to get where you were, and I'm sorry. I should have told you all this back then, but like I said, I wasn't exactly mature. She gives me a lopsided smile and pulls her coat tighter around her waist. I pause to soak it all in, opening and closing my fists at my sides. I'm sorry, too. She lurches forward and grabs me by my shoulders. You have nothing to apologize for. I shake my head, my throat thick with emotion. I do, though. I shouldn't have pushed you. Micah slides her delicate fingers down my arms, shrugging one shoulder up. Maybe we were both a bit immature. And now, I hold my damn breath in hopes that her answer relieves the rest of the pressure in my chest. She sways into me, pressing her body to mine, and hooks her arms around my neck. Now, we're still silly enough for jokes, but old enough for... Grown-up things we were never allowed to watch on TV, she says, and I read between the lines. I snake my arms around her waist and whisper down to her, my voice unintentionally gravelly. Are you sure you're ready for more with me? I don't want you to feel like you're jumping into something you don't want. I'm in love with you, she breathes. I always have been. I dip my head to capture her mouth in a greedy kiss that I've been hungry for all night, and it's worth the wait. She's worth every agonizing moment I spent pining after her once she left. I fucking love you, too. I cup the back of her head, tilting her sideways for an even deeper kiss. But Micah pulls back all too quickly, biting her pink lip. I never told you my favorite character I used to pretend to be when I was on the cruise ship. I raise my eyebrows. I'd play Mrs. Jacobs, she confesses with a shy smile, one that sends my nerve endings further into chaos.
and every drop of blood shoots down south, because, fuck, do I love the sound of changing her last name to mine. I kiss her again, tightening my hold on the back of her head, and our kiss is so feral I could devour her right here on the street, especially when she starts clawing at me like she's seconds away from climbing me. Which gives me an idea. I jerk back and grab her hand. Come on, I growl. Her hand bounces in mine as she skips to keep up. I have one goal in mind and just need a dark and private space to do it. My gaze travels over a coffee shop on the corner that's already closed its doors, a pizza joint next to a laundromat, until I find it. Jackpot. A green awning covers a section of sidewalk undergoing construction, at the end of which is a large opening that leads to a tunnel with large do-not-enter signs warning against trespassers. But I take us past them anyway, silently giving the signs the middle finger. This could be a crime scene, and I'd still march through here. Because this is exactly the quiet place I need to finally get my fill of Micah. There are no witnesses or sounds other than the occasional passing car and soft music playing from whom I assume is a nearby street performer. She must catch on to my intentions, because the moment we disappear into the dark tunnel, she's clawing at me again with newfound urgency. Only this time, she reaches straight for the belt buckle holding my black jeans up and tugs me toward her until her back is against the hard wall. My mouth is on her, sucking and nipping at her lips, then her neck, using my hand on her cheek to angle her where I want her. It's not long before the sound of my zipper falling open echoes between us, and she wraps one leg around me like we're in the middle of a tango. Her chest heaves as she whispers my name in my ear, begging me, and I about fall to my fucking knees. My head dips as I slide one hand between us and up the hem of her dress, my knuckles caressing her inner thighs until I reach... Fucking hell, I breathe into the valley of her breasts, then place a kiss there. I peek up at her, and she's biting her damn lip again, the sexy little minx. You mean to tell me you straddled my bike all the way here with your pussy bear? She nods and arches her back, urging me to touch her. And I happily oblige using my thumb and middle finger to spread her open, then slide my forefinger into her wet heat. She gasps into the night, masking the music of the street performer, and I clamp my free hand over her sinful mouth while I work her into a frenzy. Her hot breaths hit my palm in rapid succession as I pick up my pace, loving the way her body quivers under my touch. How she still responds to me and how well I can still read her. When she's on the brink, I pull my hand away and shove my pants and boxers down just enough to free my hard dick. She slaps my hand away from her mouth and demands, Fuck me, Harvey. I just... I clench my jaw. A condom. Using the wall as a mount, Micah wiggles her hips upward until my tip teases her wet entrance. 
I'm on the pill, and I get checked regularly. I haven't been with anyone in over a year. Jesus Christ, I almost swallow my tongue. I'm clean, too. I trust you, Harvey. She frantically nods, tugging me toward her to close the distance. Now, come here. I thrust into her with one easy push, and when I fill her to the hilt, I still overcome with relief, like my life since she left has been on pause. Each breath I take is new, and I plunge into her slick heat faster and harder, feeling myself come more and more alive. You make me fucking crazy. Thrust. And hard. Another thrust. Fuck! I hiss. I think she might try to nod, but she's bouncing in my arms too wildly to tell for sure. This is what you wanted last night, isn't it, baby? I grunt through each word. Yes, she says, drawing out the syllable with a moan. When you went home last night, did you think about me doing this? I roll my hips, and a whole new round of whimpers rewards me. Did you dream of my cock? Yes, yes to all of it. It comes out as a slur, and I almost don't catch it. When I was in my bed, I touched myself to thoughts of you. I hear that loud and clear, though. Shit, I mutter, burying my face between her ample breasts. I'm not going to last much longer, but I won't come without you, baby. Maintaining the brisk pace of my rocking hips, I slide her coat down, along with a flimsy strap of her tantalizing dress, until her naked breast is exposed. No bra, either? What are you fucking doing to me? My smooth rhythm is disrupted as I try to maintain control. No, don't stop, she writhes against me, and I give her what she wants. I wrap my lips around her bare nipple and suck while I fuck her hard in this tunnel, moving inside her with so much intensity that her gasps and moans are strangled. She reaches both arms out like she might if we were in a bed and she was gripping sheets. She's searching for something to hold on to, and I know in my gut it's because she's feeling what I'm feeling, this unmatched connection between us how right we are for each other. We fit. As we both climax, she throws her hands to my shoulders and squeezes, hanging on to me as the waves pulse through us both. And I vow right here and now that I'll do everything in my power to be the man she needs, the one she'll hold on to forever. The End This has been Stuck with a Date by Georgia Kaufman Narrated by Jack Callahan Alpha's Fire, A Dragon Shifter Romance by Renee Rose I've waited 1,000 years for my mate. If she rejects me, I'll burn down the world. She woke the dragon. Every maiden dreams of being rescued by a handsome prince from a deadly dragon, but I'm the prince and the dragon. 
Ancient courtship rituals demand I steal my bride away, imprison her in my high tower, show her my treasures, my vast lands, and armies. I've done all that, and she still refuses me. She says she can't see herself with a man who still thinks Istanbul is Constantinople. I must woo her, and I don't know how, but beneath my beating human heart, a dragon sleeps, and when he wakes, no one can stop him from destroying the world. No one but her. That's Alpha's Fire, A Dragon Shifter Romance by Renee Rose. Go grab it now. Welcome back. Hey. Thank you so much, Georgia, for being with us this week. We really appreciate it. It's been a ton of fun, and thanks for letting us chat. Um, up next week, we have J.C. Wolf, and I am so excited. She is just a little gem. And so is this. I know she's so sweet. She writes the she's, sweetest books. I've read a couple of her books, yes, actually. She is so freaking cute. She's she got like, a book. has all of her men on the covers and stuff have, like, beards and they're like mm -hmm. normal nice guys yep. even this cover for this book that she has coming up next week mm -hmm. it's like yep. got full-on abs and beard it's called ring your neck and but it's r-i-n-g like wedding ring it's so cute i was like i love the pun but she's on tiktok and she's so cute like i just love the little videos she makes on there she's Is really she, cute i was curious yeah. what she looked like because i yeah. put her she's adorable she has, like, a cartoon for her picture. So when I made her little page for the Remy oh, Romance page, okay. if you guys want to go find some of her mm -hmm. books, she just had this cartoon picture, and it was so small. I was like, oh, <laughs> I wonder what she looks like. Because she sounds like, you know, you kind of picture people when you mm -hmm. know their name and read their books. I just thought that she's probably like this tiny little hyper like Jenica pixie. Snow. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I think that's it. All right. Then tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me 